0: The platforms, the Twitters and the Googles and so on, have the best of both worlds. They yeah. they they are they are immune to prosecution, uh, the way media is, because mm-hmm. they can say we are just a conduit. That's right. So they become a conduit when it comes to responsibility, mm-hmm. but they assert the right to control and censor. Yeah. Which media does? Which telephone companies don't? Yeah. So the, the telecom the telecom laws, and I come from the telecom industry originally way back. The telecom laws forgive the, uh, they, they absolve the telecom companies of any liability because when two people are talking on the phone, they are not res- supposed to be, they are not responsible for the content. Yeah. They are content neutral. They cannot they cannot censor. They cannot deny you a phone because you are a bad guy. So, they are not supposed to enforce it and pass judgment. And, the, and therefore, they do not have any liability for over content. Yeah. Because they have no control and rights over content. Yeah. Media, on the other hand, have the right To decide, I'll take your editorial. I won't take yours. I will. I write this story. I won't write that story. And therefore, they also have the responsibility over content. If the content is wrong, biased, whatever, like the big settlement on with uh, Fox and all shows, they are liable. Yeah, but the. Social media platforms have the best of both worlds. They have the advantage of the or telecom being able to say, I'm not responsible. They have the advantage of the media being able to say, I'll allow this, I'll not allow this. So, so, so that's unfair.
1: Well, I, you're right, it's unfair. And, and, and the way that I think about this is, imagine I'm hosting a party at my house. And a bunch of people come over to my house. And there's some ruffians that are there. They start hurling bottles at your house. Okay. Now let's say that happens a couple times. Now let's say it happens every single day. You never know where the bottles going to come from. You never know how it's going to hit your house. People start getting hurt. Okay. The police might arrest a few people that throw those bottles, but it's very obvious I'm hosting this at my house.
0: And you, you're trying, and, and if you were trying to say, "Hey, I don't know who these guys are." Yeah.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, right. Now that'd be one
0: thing. Yeah. But now imagine it was my business to do that. Right. Okay. You're making money on it. I'm making money on Each it. Each time one of those bottles lands up in the other guy's house, you I make, you, I make you, a buck. You make a buck.
1: I make a buck. Right. Okay, so right now we have a legal system that basically says it doesn't matter that that's happening. It doesn't matter that you can't know that you're going to come under attack. It doesn't matter that there's damages that happen to you by virtue of what happens at the party that I'm hosting. All of that, if it was a hotel, if it was a hotel or a bar, and this was happening there, like let's say I had a bar called Nazi, Nazi Heaven. <laughs> <laughs> and I opened it up right next to a synagogue. <laughs> okay, right? There's like the you know you might say I'm not responsible for what happens there, but there's something called racketeering. Right. There's charge called racketeering. You, you, if you don't know, you're supposed to know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 100. So, so I think that like we obviously are getting the balance wrong in that, and part of the reason that's true is because our lawmakers don't don't know anything about this. You know, you
0: know when they when they bring uh, Zuckerberg and all these guys. <laughs> The congressmen are asking stupid questions. That is so bad. I mean, you know, school kids would, would, would be laughable. It's really laughable. They're asking stupid questions like they do not understand any, any So,
1: So the way we think about this problem at the NCRI is very straightforward. Like, you know, the description goes something like this. Every so often, Congress will call in the heads of these platforms that are to scold them like school children. And, and during the hearings, when things are falling apart because social media is causing some genocide or another, the, the, the lawmakers will will work with their staffers in order to come up with the best one-liners and zingers that will appeal to their audiences at home. They will deliver these zingers, maybe they'll get a round of applause, maybe they won't. At the end of it, <laughs> the CEOs of the tech companies will say, I know that this looks bad, but you have to understand it's far too complicated for you to possibly understand. We are technological geniuses and we're working on these solutions, trust us. Yeah. The lawmakers nod their heads and in quiet desperation, admit that that's true, that they really don't know that much about this stuff. And they hope that this time the tech CEOs really mean it. Right. Then the cycle repeats itself over and over and over again. The tech companies will occasionally hire a civil society organization or advertising campaign to make note of the important efforts they're now undertaking to be good citizens while they essentially rob democracy of its civic virtue and profit off of it. The more that democracy is robbed of its civic traditions and trust, the more money they make, because that means there's less people to restrain them, and the more polarized all of this gets, the easier it becomes for the platforms to do whatever they like. Right, because there's nothing to stop them from doing. So that.
0: I raised all this in my AI book, Artificial Intelligence and the Future of Power. Yeah, uh, which I started talking about five six years ago and published it about two and a half years ago. Uh huh. And, and it's created a big stir in India in particular. Uh-huh. But I think the, the will is not there to tackle all this.
1: The knowledge isn't there either.
0: Yeah. And in- no one thinks they can. That's the problem. The problem is, is that when... Well, first of all, if you get rid of the act, the telecom act, which exempts them from, absolves them of all liability for uh, criminal activities happening on their networks, I mean, that would be a good thing. Of course, there's still the burden of proof that these guys knowingly did it. But at least they will not be absorbed. Yeah. Uh, the second thing is this business about getting rid of anonymity. Yeah, I uh, think that's crucial. Okay? So if you start with that, I think it would be a huge thing. Of course, their stock prices will go down, but so be it, because they, they won't have as many volumes. Maybe out of the 2 billion accounts that Facebook claims, maybe a few hundred million will be just gone. See, I'm less
1: <laughs> sanguine to the idea that they need to, that, that we need to have a blanket removal of anonymity the reason I say this is because I feel as though that uh, my feeling is that that um, you know w- you can see how governments like China or Russia manage that these issues if they knew who the people were who were dissenting against them here in the United States or elsewhere by virtue of what they say on social media, those people would face immediate retribution by virtue of the fact that we're trying to create transparency so there are challenges with creating transparency that have to do with the 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 key the use of, of technology by digital authoritarian regimes that are extremely pronounced in the use of uh, to avoid anonymity for completely different
0: reasons, right? So anonymity but on the other hand, China uses anonymity by by creating millions of bots. Absolutely, well, because it. definitely you want to have it both ways,
1: <laughs> right? <laughs> definitely you want to have it both. well. Th- th- this is, so that's the dream. The dream is the all seeing eye. And the cloak of invisibility. Right. That's the dream. That's, the, that, that's the, the dream of being God. No one can see me, but I can see everything.
0: Right. Right. And I can do everything and have no responsibility.
1: Yeah. So, that, so I think that, that, that the key for a civic platform is that, that, first of all, we have to admit the fact that this is happening is really not their fault. It's really our fault. Let's start but there. But they
0: are making money.
1: Well, okay.
0: But and if you, I, if you inform them of something, if I've informed them of things, they don't take action. No, of course not. So mm-hmm. look, I'm not saying there shouldn't be constraints on that.
1: What I'm saying is that when we start thinking about the, the, I mean, just think about the conversation we're having. We're talking about how we police human, how we manage human behavior. And when we say there's something we need to do, to the platform that can better manage us, as soon as we say that we've lost. We, it's completely inverted. We have to completely invert that.
0: We have to realize that like, it's not their job to censor but suppose, us. But suppose for every tweet, and yeah. every, every video, there was a requirement to say X percent of these are bots.
1: Yeah. Okay, no, okay. that's fair. Okay. Suppose, that's fair. Suppose
0: there's so many likes and or so that many there's. So, or there's some organization that could do that, right? Yeah. So. Uh, if, 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 but then who do you trust? Who do you trust to say that? First of all, is it technologically possible to find out it's a bot? I guess it is. No, not for long. Because because you could decide who's anonymous and who's not. You could do that. That you could do. You, yes. And you could, if, if it says 20,000 likes, could it say out of them, 400 are from real people? And okay. four,
1: 400 from verified accounts. Verified and, accounts.
0: Yeah. If you give that a kind of a red flag yeah. or a, some indicator, you know. They, it would show that they are responsible. They're trying to encourage certain behavior, discourage some behavior, but they're doing none of it. They have the tools. They're very smart people. They're very rich people. I mean, they're the richest people in the world now. They have the tools, but they don't want to do it. It's not just that they don't want to do it.
1: It's that why would you trust them to do it at all, right? So, I mean, the, the question is who benefits from transparency?
0: Who benefits from creating transparency? And it's certainly not them, right? And, because, and- because if I saw... If I saw a tweet by you, and it's got so many thousands of likes and retweets, and I saw this flag saying that, you know, 92% are not <laughs> are anonymous people, it would affect my a bit, uh, interest in whether I believe in it or not.
1: I believe that that's true. The, the question is, like, you know, the problem is, is that when, the, when, our, when you arrive at an age that is as polarized and hostile as ours is, the guy who's going to get killed first is the ref. And the problem is that, we, that, that when you have people making claims about reality on social media,
0: right? you have to have a ref that everybody can trust. Who is that? So what can artificial intelligence do to uncover all of this well, and, the, and inform the public? The last thing artificial mm-hmm. intelligence is going to be used to do is uncover any of this. But <laughs> so people could create their own solution. Some people would come up with AI-based solutions as sort of like leveling the playing field by notifying the public.
1: But the problem is, is that the way that AIs are being created now is precisely it's going in the opposite direction. You have data sets that are used to train the AIs which are harvested from the intelligence of users right. by abstracting like a, instantiations of their communication over and over and over again. Well, you know, these AIs are used in many ways by, by people and, and day-to-day tools, but they're also used to you know in, inject and insert into behavior they're also used by platforms to manipulate users. Right. And so the ways that the AIs are made are non-transparent. People can't see the data because it's becoming privatized by the platforms. So the result is that when the AIs are, you know, as they become more sophisticated, um, their training set is something we, it's a black box. We don't get to see how they're making decisions. Okay, so that means that, that you know, when they make bad, they will make bad decisions. They will say things that are inappropriate. They will, I, we'll never know why. And then the other issue is because the data on the platforms are privatized and we can't see what's happening on them, we're not gonna be able to know even when it's happened necessarily. And as they get better at imitating us, they, we, we won't be able to distinguish whether an AI or a human made the mistake in any case. Yeah, but somebody owns that AI and they're liable. You but we can't, say- prove it's a, we can't prove it's not a human, you see. I mean, we can't prove that once it becomes better at imitating
0: us, we won't be able to prove that it's not a human. But if it's on Twitter, Twitter is liable. If Twitter is making the algorithmic decisions biased against me or allowing hate speech, I would say it doesn't matter if Elon Musk personally did it or not. As far as I'm concerned, Twitter owns that AI. They own the algorithms. They can shut him down. You're assuming you can see what happens on Twitter. What I'm telling you is that all
1: the things that we've shown here, we will not be able to show in short order because Twitter is shutting down its access to research. And it's and 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 it's doing that as its capacity for ai is expanding right so all the trends that we're showing here can be exp-
0: exponentially manipulated by ai at a, a stunning rate so what they're going to do is right now the revenue model for advertising for facebook for everybody is that they give you the data tools to develop your your search your criteria for placing ads all of or you can do digital marketing yourself uh-huh. and so for you as a company, for Procter & Gamble to do digital marketing, Procter & Gamble has a whole army of people doing digital marketing who, who know how to get in and look at the analytics. But the future, I, as I see it is, it will be a closed box. They will say, I will make decisions and you pay me for the results. And I'll, I'll make the decisions using AI. And I won't tell you how I made the decision, but I'll sell more you know, whatever i saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so you you don't need a team of di- digital yeah. experts. Yeah. Yeah. You, you tell me the problem, and per per b- bottle of whatever sold, or per uh, you know, carton of uh, cereal sold, uh, I'll charge you uh, X. Yeah. And how I do it is up to me, and and then the the system becomes even more of a black box. Because, Absolutely. And that's that's uh, sort of like uh, AI running your life. Yeah. and you don't even know that how it's running your life that, So this is why I, I keep calling for the civic platform I keep
1: going back to this because I believe that if you had a civic platform where people were authenticated and dealing with issues in one another in a, in a fashion that resembled a public square, that is a way where we can go we can we can return to a mode of being of self responsibility right at the platform level And not just that if the AIs that are modeled over that, could be LLMs, could be, they could be an AI of trust that can run over other networks. right? Because now they've, they've, they've learned the civic virtue of non-anonymous people that are managing this, and that's the behavior set. So now you have a network of trust and you have a language model that's been built off that network. right? So now you have the capacity for transparency. Absent that, it's not clear how you triangulate reality across these different versions of realities that people are competing with for one another and trying to, trying to create monopolies with. Right? So a network of trust is a way that, you know, it's an old recipe that you can use a network of trust to overcome mobs. That, that, that's how you beat back mob mentality is through a network of trust. And um, the, uh, the, difference, the difference lies in how, how networks regard the agency of the people that are in them. Hmm. If, the, if, if, they were, if they regard the people that are in them as cattle, and who are to be blown away by fancy-looking cartoonish algorithms?
0: That's what we call moronization. In my book, we call it moronization. Moronization. We're making morons out of the public. Well, they start worshiping the algorithm, right? Right. So right. instead, instead of actually thinking that you can
1: do something about they, your reality, they, that they are the deities. Yeah, that's it. You bow down to the algorithm and you say, "This is my life now. <laughs> that's I, I'm just there. I, there is no a decision here. I'm treating you. Start treating yourself as though you have no decisions. Right. Okay, so when, when I talk about the problem to people, it's very strange that we, it feels like we're describing a worldview instead of a problem. And, and I think that, that it, and that's true. Look, I mean, there are a lot of people who write about what's wrong with our worldview. They, they write whole books about it with rules for life and everything, okay? And that is a kind of meager answer to the problems we're facing, at least it seems that way. But I'm not just describing a worldview. Right. What I'm suggesting is we need a worldview with a posse.
0: Mm.
1: Okay, if you have a worldview with a posse, you have a network. Mm that network can do things that us, that we as individuals really couldn't do against all this algorithmic stuff. Right, right. But I think that, that, that there's that that, that mm. you know, that this old, this really, really old story. It's a really old story about how people escape the slavery of dead ends within the civilizations that worship algorithms. You know, that th- there's civilizations that literally that bow down to, to algorithms and say that you know that human beings should just be sacrificed to them, right? You know, and like the Incas or lots of them. So that this is no different. It's really no different than that. And 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 what people fail to realize is that they're making that choice. They're when they're signing up for these terms of services, we are signing. We are taking it on ourselves to sign up for those terms. We're the ones doing it. How do we change unless we <laughs> unless we change right there? Right. That's when the change happens. Yeah, and
0: the, and most, I don't think. Even 0.1% of the people read when it says, I accept and all that stuff, when you sign up for Facebook or something. Yeah. And what the terms are. They, they've taken away all your rights. They've taken away all your data. They've taken away all your right to complain and your transparency and all that. None of that. You've signed up pages and, many pages long worth of legalese yeah. without reading. I don't think anybody reads.
1: And if we continued, and I think if we continue down this path, we're going to reach a place where you're going to see news and you're not going to know what to believe. Yeah. I mean, as it is, we're we're practically there. You're not going to know what to believe. You're not going to know who's talking to you, and so the erosion of trust in the medium will make the use of the medium for communication completely useless again. We're going back to the '70s. Right. (laughs) Right. We're going back to a place where people aren't going to trust something unless it's a human being. And once robots get good enough, I don't think we're going to trust that either. Right. (laughs) So the need for authentication and 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 you know and it, it, it raises this really important question, right? So. You know the 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 question it raises is so interesting because it used to be this kind of luxury to think about what we mean when we say I want to be authentic. Right. It turns out it's now an existential crisis. Right. Where now the question of what is authentic and what is inauthentic is now the question. Right. It's it's the fundamental question. If what if I have no authenticity, then I should just bow down to these algorithms. Whatever. Who cares? Right. It turns out that's not going to work. So now we need now we're faced because it's not going to work we're faced with what I'm calling an authenticity crisis. Mm. We have a crisis of authenticity that where we we where the boundaries the it's a bounded question. Mm. There's right and wrong answers to who and what we are and who and what we can be. Right? And 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 when we look for the the guidance of those answers for memes, well good luck with that. Yeah. You know, we we and and I think really what's funny is the problem with with the memes is that just like like juveniles who are seeking high octane, immediate stimulus to dissociate, right? It's like, what's happening right now? That's what matters, It's happening right now? Let's go party, let's go do some, something crazy. Let's, yeah. What's happening right now? Our wisdom traditions average out over long periods of time, the behaviors that map to identities in really stable ways, our LLMs aren't training on that. Right. The signal about how we communicate with each other and who we are is not a training set for the for the for the for the algorithms that manipulate us. And when we think about the respectful ways in which the tradition develops our sense of self, mm. doesn't doesn't hold it hostage. There's more of you for learning the system. Mm. There's more and more. Of, there's a, there's a capacity for infinite psychological growth that is profoundly
0: respectful. Right. Right. That's the training set we need. Excellent. And there's food for thought for many more discussions on that. Yeah. So I think I th- what we, we've had a very fascinating four-part series and a lot more conversation on where do we go from all this? Yeah. What do we do with all this? I mean, the social media, we've problematized it, but what do we do? Can we reinvent social media yeah. in a different way? So thank you very much. That's a great pleasure. And and, 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 and we have to figure out ways we can all collaborate people on the right or people, people who are like-minded in this area. I think it's wonderful. It's ethics. I'm involved in AI ethics, very seriously interested in AI and faith related ethics.
1: Yes. Well, I mean, obviously what's fascinating about this conversation is that we both see that, I think, as the, as the crux of what's going to be able to solve this crisis. Yeah. I mean, think it's, it's interesting. It's very yes. few people that, that see that connectivity. Right. It's, it's really wonderful to encounter someone else who sees that same nexus.
0: Yes. Thank you very much. That was a great pleasure. We've had a we've had a good conversation, and we'll be back.